0: Hi, it's Rainy G. We're going to talk today about war. Since uh, North Korea is threatening war, and uh, that's supposed to better our relationships with China. Um, and we have, within our own country, war that's going on that uh, without bullets because uh, the Department of Homeland Security, the EPA, the Post Office, and any other affiliated government agency is buying up the ammo like crazy so you can't even go to walmart and find any on the shelves anymore because uh, the gun laws that they're trying to impose um, to disarm america which is what hitler did in germany and uh, happened in russia also and millions of people were killed but that's okay you know get rid of the guns and and the ammo so that the government can kill you, and then it's not people being killed by others, right? Um, Multiple stabbing in Houston yesterday, 14 people stabbed in a gun-free zone. Many thousands of more people are killed by stabbing and blunt instruments than by any gun. But we are in a war, and it's a war of ideology, ideology that comes from originally uh, from Europeans who thought that, um, America should become a communist country, a socialist country, like they were, or where they came from, much like George Soros, who is really in charge of this whole revolution that's been going on for, since 1913, probably, um, but he's been in charge the last 40 years of uh, masterminding the money and uh, the strategies, the and incorporating the Alinsky strategy, the Cloward piven strategy to destroy America. If you ever read Soros' Open Society, you'll see on some page, I forgot what number it is now, where he states very explicitly that the biggest problem in the world with the New World Order and the Open Society is America. And the only way to stop that problem is to destroy it from within. So they are trying very hard to do that. And, and uh, they have obviously infiltrated for some time because we have uh, Republicans who are not Republicans and Democrats who aren't even Democrats. We have progressives. And they think it is progressive that it moves people forward to change this country into a third world country. For those of you who don't understand any of this, um, like your car is insured with progressive insurance, which is owned by Soros. Um, The income tax, we were fine in America. Nobody paid any income tax for hundreds of years. And then Wilson instituted the progressive income tax structure, feeling that, you know, Those who make more money should pay more to the government. We didn't pay anything to the government before that. And we had roads and schools and houses and jobs and cars and manufacturing and imports and exports and all kinds of wonderful things going on. But uh, he decided that there should be banks in charge of America, the corporation, and, uh, and progressive taxes, and that began this very long haul that we are in now. Now that continued, of course, with FDR, who went and got a third term, which is what Obama is going to try to do also. Remember this man, Obama, who said to you, you won't pay another dime in taxes, and yet we have 173 new taxes with Obamacare. You will be able to keep your doctor, but you can't. Nobody will be affected negatively. The doctors will love this. That's why he dressed people who weren't doctors in white coats and gave a press conference. The doctors are leaving the profession because they can't afford Obamacare. This won't affect businesses in any way. Oh yeah. That's why our economy is suffering. Small businesses and corporations aren't hiring because of the taxation that's involved in Obamacare. This is a big mess. But you talk to progressives or liberals on the left, and they'll say, oh, yeah, but we need universal health insurance. You have universal health insurance for illegals and everybody else who wants to exploit the system. But you won't have a country, and you won't have doctors, so what good is that? You won't have medicine. What good is that? Nobody ever looks at the big picture. They look at their own agendas. It's like the gay marriage thing. Yeah, fine, you want to get married. You want the world to know that you're in love and that it's okay. And you also want the benefits or the perks that you believe come with marriage, like tax breaks. Well, if you change the tax code, you wouldn't have to be married to get tax breaks, number one, because the tax code shouldn't even be there. We shouldn't have income tax. That's number one, look at it that way. Number two, you want to get married in a church so it's recognized by religion. And religion in a church is an institution that actually is the one who, who began marriage in the first place. Not to let you tell everyone how wonderful your life is and how much you love the person that you're with. It was to control that union for the state and for the church. So why would gay people, who usually are radical and anti-establishment, want to become part of the establishment because they don't look at the big picture. And they'd rather fight for gay marriage than stop what's going on with our money, our debt, our, uh, our whole infrastructure, our government structure, our constitution. We'd rather fight for gay marriage. Well, you know, you, everybody has to fight their own battles, and they have their own wars, and you have to choose which battle you're going to cho- fight. But you have to look at the bigger picture. If you're in a war, which we are, you can't take one little tiny corner of one little tiny town and you know march in the streets and, and, and demonstrate or whatever and think that you won in that little tiny town. And then, because of that, believe that you've won the war. All you've done is waste your energy trying to win a little battle for your personal agenda, which loses the war. Battles are intense. I mean, we have them in our own families, we have them in relationships. Everybody is fighting about something. And it all becomes personal at some level. You know, we had the stress of Obama for the last five, six years now almost, and that has affected relationships, not just because people have ideologies and they they talk about them, but because internally, we're at war with ourselves, with each other and within ourselves. We know, or some of us do, what the Constitution stands for. We know what freedom is. And those freedoms are being taken away, and, and we are already disarmed. We don't need guns to be disarmed. We're disarmed from the power of the, the ballot, the power of the masses, That has already happened. And because of that, there's frustrations. And those frustrations uh, have turned into very stressful frustrations. They cause people who might love each other as friends or lovers or husband, wives, whatever, to lash out when there's no reason to. Because something pushes a button. You know, you get a lot of of buttons pushed because you feel like your freedoms are being taken away some more or somebody's watching you or somebody is attacking you when all they're doing is trying to love you and so it becomes a war and the enemies are on both sides at the beginning of ILYR the introduction this is from the Cree Indians and it definitely says there are only two relationships in this world that really exist you're either a friend or you're an enemy and in the big picture, we have a lot of enemies and we're gaining more. Not in the Muslim world, of course, the Muslims just can't wait for this president to keep doing what he's doing and allowing the infiltration of radical Islamists into our government, which is treasonous. And this man should have been impeached and hung a long time ago. But it also, um, there are some jihadists who are angry because he's not doing more to promote. You know, the infiltration and the overthrow of America. But that's only part of the war that's going on. I mean, there is a war of thought, there's a war of uh, the anti Christian war. Now, I don't believe everybody needs to be a Christian. If you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus, believe in Jesus as your Savior. If you just believe in God and you don't believe in Jesus, believe in God, believe in the great Creator as Native Americans do, or those who aren't, um, let's say traditional Native Americans do. But but that fight is now going on big time because of the Islamic stuff that's going on all over the world. So we have Christians and Coptic Christians being beheaded, killed, massacred, but nobody talks about it because it's part of their religion. It's not part of a religion at all. It's part of the Quran. The Quran, if you uh, ever try or get to read it, it'll tell you not to read the first part because it doesn't count. The first part's all about peace. Don't read that part because each new page replaces the last one. And the last pages, all of the pages are, if you are not part of Islam, if you are not devoted to Allah, you deserve to be dead, period. It doesn't matter if, you know, oh, but I live in Chicago, so I'm a good person. I'm not a bad Islamist. But do you believe in the Quran and do you follow Allah? Yes, I do. Then you are, because that's the teaching. Now, Jesus teaches a whole different thing. Turn the other cheek, you know, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, love thy neighbor as thyself, don't lie, cheat, steal, kill, all those kinds of things, and those are considered negative by so many now. Christianity and even just believing in God. The left has done a very good job of indoctrinating our youth. And you know that I now deal a lot with children in schools, etc. The new uh, common core elements of education are not education at all. The common core elements are indoctrination. The Constitution should not exist. The flag is uh, negligible and should, doesn't need to be respected. You don't belong to your parents. You belong to the state if you're a child. So you should always, you know, listen to the state and not your parents. That The state will be in charge of you and take care of you. Um, that's uh, Hitler's brown shirts, by the way. Same thing. And, I mean, they're teaching, reteaching history, rewriting textbooks. They've erased many of the National Archives have been replaced with Obama as being... The one who who instituted all wonderful things for people. Um, I was watching this new program on TV last week. It's called Forever Young. It's got five or six um, young people and five or six people over seventy living in the same house. It's a reality show, but it was kind of funny to watch. But what was interesting is they had they had a, a, a bridge the gap game, like a game show, as part of this one of the segments of this TV program and. Um, they asked questions of both sides. They showed a picture of Lucille Ball, and the young people had no idea who she was. But they know who Betty White is, because she's on Hot in Cleveland, and she's also a progressive, okay? A radical progressive. Um, they asked one guy which war came first, the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, or something else. And he thought it was World War Two. He never heard about the Civil War. <laughs> this is history the Civil War? You're 20 and in college and you've never heard of the Civil War. This is pretty scary, pretty scary. Now, the older people, of course, didn't know some of the youngsters, who pictures who were shown or, or musicians. I mean, you know, that makes sense. I'm sure that the younger ones wouldn't know who Frank Sinatra was if that picture went up there or whatever. But history and what's going on in our country What's just basic to living in America and being an American? Not knowing that is very scary. And to watch these kids like, why should we know that? Those are dead people. Why should we even learn about dead people? Why should we know our history? Well, history does repeat itself. So if you don't know your history, it will repeat itself, which it is. Um, What happened in Germany is happening here. And now, of course, we have Obama who is illegally The president of the Security Council at the UN, he's not supposed to hold that office, but nobody has stopped him. Um, Promoting the New World Order, just like John McCain is, and John Kerry, and Hillary Clinton, they're all the same. The New World Order, Agenda 21, look it up. Look it up. Agenda 21, sustainable development. They have all these different names for these things, and they'll change them at, at randomly so that you don't um, make the connections because people don't anymore. Agenda 21, sustainable development. The state or the government takes over all the land to protect the beetles and the ants. They move you into super high rises. doesn't matter if you're in tornado country or hurricane country or whatever. You go to super high rise. And uh, they tell you where to work. And how much you're going to make. Everybody will make the same. And how to dress. Does it sound like China to you? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But you can paint your, your houses all different colors if you want. But you don't have a house. You have, like, a box that's part of the other boxes. And that makes a house because now you have 900 boxes all together that are all painted different colors. Isn't that pretty? It's a tourist attraction, right? <laughs> oh, my God. So, yes, we're in a an ideological war, a cultural war, a war um, that will change the way America is and uh, change freedom all over the world. And, and people are trying to fight, but they're not really. They're caught up in the technology of talking about it via text and Facebook and Twitter and all the other things that people use on the Internet, and they bitch and they moan and they post all these things, but if you had said, okay, come with me, I'm trying to get 10 million people to march on Washington and remove these people from office, well, I got to work, or I'm looking for work, or I'm waiting for my welfare check, um, and it won't work anyway, and they'll just get a drone and kill us all. Well, then, you know, so they came for your neighbors. They've come for the veterans. Veterans returning from wars are now considered terrorists because they're mentally unstable and they should not own guns. That's one way they disarm the veterans. They've got um, legislation that's now going to the Senate that isn't just registering gun owners. It's, you know, if you hand your gun over to somebody to look at, you're now guilty of a felony because you loaned your gun to someone. Even though you're the registered owner and the government knows that, they also know that you gave your gun to your neighbor for five minutes to see it and look at it and see how it shoots, and that's illegal, so that's a felony. You gave it to your wife and said, go to the shooting range and get some uh, practice on this, and that's a felony. You, You don't read, they don't, nobody reads the fine print or the extra thousand million pages in any of this legislation, all these laws that have been made. Um, and they fight, and they they go through the wars in Congress, uh, which are phony wars, by the way, they're false flag wars. It's to keep you distracted because they're all being implemented anyway, all of these laws. And we didn't have laws, you know, before there was uh, um, a Congress that did this. <laughs> Even in Washington's time, there were basic, basic laws. Congress was not in charge of who got rainwater from the sky and who should be taxed for that, or um, who shot a, a, a squirrel on their property and he ate it for dinner. I mean, they just weren't in charge of those things. But now it's all lawyers. Our whole government is full of lawyers and lawyers are corrupt. The government is corrupt. And so we're in a war. And that war always filters down. The microcosm becomes the macrocosm. We have a war in the schools. We have some people who want the common core indoctrination. They love Obama. They love progressivism. And they're teaching children this. And then we have the old core teachers and administrators who believe in the Constitution and saluting the flag and saying the pledge and believing in God because we were... We were chosen by God. That's what America. That's why America is so special. One of the reasons. And they're fighting. And then you bring that back to your families, and you have siblings fighting because it depends on which class they're in and what school, what the teachers are saying. And you have um, spouses or significant others who are fighting, because even though they may be cons- let's say they're conservative, they believe they're conservative. The liberal values. Of, you know, disrespect for elders, disrespect for each other, not caring about each other. All those those lackadaisical, screwed-up values are, are becoming mainstream for people who believe that they're conservative. They're not. Not anymore. They treat people like the enemy. And they treat them constantly like that. I mean, you know, everybody here, everybody who listens to me knows that I I have had major difficulties out in California. And California is a progressive state. But I was in a conservative area with people who I thought were loving, caring people. Are you kidding? They've been totally, totally indoctrinated into... I can give you the silent treatment anytime I want, and I don't have to talk to you if I don't want to, even if you're my best friend, and I can throw you away today and then tomorrow say, hey, bud, come out and let's hang out, and I can treat you like shit, and I can do what I want. And Okay, that's not how I was brought up. That's not how I brought up my kids. You have respect for the individual. You have unconditional positive regard for the person you're talking to just like I have unconditional love for those that I have in my circle, whether that's family, friends, or extended family, or whoever it is. But people, we are in a war, and we're losing. We are losing. That the uh, media, the um, social media, the churches, um, and governments are fighting us, and we're losing. I'm frightened for the next generation and the next seven. I'm frightened for them. Um, We're not doing enough to protect them. We're not out there as warriors helping the next seven generations. We're just playing on Facebook and playing Zingo or Zango or whatever it's called and asking everybody else to come and play with us and posting pictures or news stories that we can find and commenting on them and then moving on to the next thing you're going to do today. Well, we are losing the war, and um, Obama's winning. George Soros is winning. The jihadists are winning. Infiltration is the second phase of the takeover of America, of the world, and they're in the White House, they're in the Defense Department, they're in the Uh, Department of Justice, they're in every department, every security department of the government. They're in Congress. You know, not many yet, but there'll be more. They're in your local governments. They're in your courthouses. Sharia law is um, on the rise and being accepted in courthouses across the country. And everybody just talks about it. And so people say to me, well, what do you do? Well, each Keep trying I mean I called for a velvet revolution Four years ago Let's march on Washington If they have five million people there They don't have enough army people Who are going to fight us back <laughs> To do anything But so people wrote me and said Well I'd have to know that at least Ten other people from my area were going Or else I can't go Or I'd have to know that there's going to be some millions there Or I'm not going Okay well then don't go Because I can't guarantee anything I can't guarantee that when the time comes that people aren't so self-centered that they're only looking at who's knocking on their door. Uh, I can't guarantee that those people will show up for anyone else. We're, we have been indoctrinated as it's all about me, and you'll see that in relationships and in, in the church, everywhere, it's all about me, nobody's knocking on my door, so I'm gonna keep doing my thing, and sorry what's happening with you. Well, if we had fought all of our wars that way, when Japan hit uh, Hawaii, if Americans had said, well, they didn't come here, where would we be today? Where? You hear the left say, oh, all you people wanna do is have a war. That's all they're doing is creating war. We have had wars since the beginning of time, even between Cain and Abel. There was a a very, very emotional war. Uh, War is the opposite energy of, you know, that comes from, where love comes from. And it is part of our nature, just like it's nature. If you look at nature, you see birds fighting. I have birds out here all over the place, you can probably hear them. Um, They're fighting all the time about territory and food and protecting their young and um, water and everything else to survive war is a part of it there's, there's ways that, that animals deal with war they learn how to get along with each other certain animals do other ones don't but that tells you right there that in nature some of us are going to get along some of us, some of us are not going to which is why there are boundaries and borders and cultures and countries and continents not everybody is supposed to live together in a sustainable development Agenda 21 community proposed and run by the state. That's just not the natural way of things. But our government doesn't believe that our rights as humans, as, as Americans, are inalienable or that they come from a god. Uh, Obama doesn't believe anyone should own a gun. But he's surrounded by armed guards, as, uh, as are all of the people in Congress. And his children go to school with armed guards. But, see, I can't find this story anymore because it was taken off the Internet and erased or hidden or whatever. But a long time ago, when he was a senator, just thinking about not becoming president, which was a lie, he said, well, we which means the ones who are in control, him and Clinton, Soros, all of them, Bushes. We deserve to have the good life because we're doing all the work to change everything. So he's going to have another lavish party at the White House while millions, 86 million plus Americans are unemployed, can't find work. They spent $1.4 billion on vacations, the Obamas have, since they've been in office. $1.4 billion. I can't spend $1,400 on a vacation. Some people, not even $140. $1.4 billion just on vacations. It's not flying Air Force One around doing his little talks and, and his propaganda stuff and then going out to dinner and that stuff that's all extra we're probably up to three, four billion by now that he's spent running around in Air Force One so anyway rather than talk about that let's go back to the wars the wars in the schools we got children being thrown out of school being suspended because they saluted the flag because they said something negative about the government there's a amendment. One, we had a little boy thrown out of school because he shaped his fingers like a gun and was shooting people in a cowboy Indian kind of thing in the playground. Okay, well, there's gun control. Throw the kid out of school because you can make your fingers look like a gun, <laughs> which is where it all came from in the first place. The gun is a weapon. We could point, and we knew that when we pointed at something, that that point was being made as, a, as a, a threat. And so that's where a gun came from. But we have this going on, and um, uh, the people from Sandy Hook being told, um, you know, gun control would have saved your children. I'm your best friend. My name is Obama. We have immigrants, no, excuse me, illegal immigrants, undocumented people crossing our borders in the thousands. And the Democrats finally admitting that, yeah, they need them to get the vote so that they can keep everybody in office that they want. Because you illegal immigrants don't have brains enough to know that you shouldn't be voting for these people, just like blacks got indoctrinated. You know, they were Republicans. Black communities understood that the Republicans were the ones who protected them. It was the Republicans who started the NAACP. The first blacks in Congress were Republicans. It was Republicans who gave blacks their rights. And as soon as they got them, they said, oh, then let's vote for Democrats. That's smart, but you know, you got used and you became just like many of the other Marxist leftists out there, the useless idiots until they're done with you. And when they're done with you, they will be and they are becoming done with you already. You might have your free cell phones, and you might know how to beat the welfare system and do it with uh, multiple names and aliases, but when the money runs out, what are you gonna do then? Do you even know how to sustain yourself? (laughs) Anyway, we're in a war, people. It's an emotional war. It's affecting everyone's health mentally, physically, spiritually. It has affected mine. I mean, I I became the enemy to people who loved me, who I also loved dearly. I became the enemy because that's how things have transformed. That's how things are now going. How do I fight that? Well, I have to first not be my own enemy. I was becoming them. I actually was becoming like they were. I wanted to lash out and be silent like they are, and do all the stupid things that they do. And, uh, you know, (laughs) I said, wow, I am lowering myself to that? I can't do that. That's not who I am. I, I, I walk truth. And I have respect for people. I look for the divinity in every person. And I come from love. And so I caught myself becoming my own enemy. And I think many people need to look inside and see if that's who they're becoming too. Don't become your own enemy. Don't be at war with yourself. We have enough to fight right now. We have bigger wars. Look at the bigger picture. Don't fight with yourself. Don't fight with each other. If you've got somebody who loves you, love them back. If you love somebody, love them well. If you are in conflict and crisis with people that you love, take a step back put the gun down and hug them because you're not going to find them again. They're disappearing. And that person who stays with you 100% scares the heck out of you because they sacrifice everything for you. They're there for you no matter what. They're there for you all the time. That's scary to some people. Well, take a step back and put the gun down again because you won't find that person twice. You just won't. You've been given gifts. And those gifts are friends and and family who love you unconditionally. They don't condone your behavior. We talked about that last podcast. If you have negative behavior, they're not going to condone it if they love you. If they truly love you, they'll stop you or help stop you from doing that. They're not going to say, oh, well, I love you. Go ahead, do what you want. No, no, no. That's how the progressives have taught parents to be. Love your children. Let them do what they want. Let them say and be anything they want to be, even if it's disrespectful to their elders, to each other, to the property, to the country, to the flag, to whatever. Let them just go ahead because you love them. No, love is tough. Love is not easy. Love is hard sometimes. Falling in love is simple. Staying in love is not easy. You have to take the step back, take the gun out of your hand, and look at what's really going on. Look at the bigger picture do that in your families and then look at the country and look at our country in relationship to the rest of the world. We have wars going on and they have to stop. Okay, on a different note, the books are all audible. I now have uh, another contract coming through that um, to where my books are going to be translated to Spanish. That's a good thing. Um, Not that everybody here should speaking Spanish, but there are lots of countries who like to read and they need to be in Spanish. So that's going to happen. Mary Jemison is going to be a movie. Um, I am on the road pretty soon, not just for a new baby coming into the family, but, uh, talking to principals and teachers and administrators about their professional development trainings that they need to do for their teachers in schools. So if any of you are out there listening to this, um, yeah, don't tell me you don't have the money always there's always a way to find the money whether it's sharing or hosting or whatever and don't tell me you don't have the time to think about it this helps teachers have time to teach and not just the progressive teachers all of the teachers have time to teach it stops the punishment of children and changes things to the discipline of behavior it has the core understanding and knowledge something that teachers need to remember and be retaught that every child Um, is just that. They're a child. And we need unconditional positive regard for that individual, that person, that human being who is coming to school. You incorporate all these things, all these different parts of these different components into your classroom, and you have a classroom that isn't at war. The students are not at war with the teachers. The teachers are not at war with the administrators. Test grades go up discipline problems go down kids are happier teachers keep their jobs and stay there and love it and uh, that helps to change the world so let's stop the wars in every place that we can and keep the big picture in mind go to earthwalk-usa.com or go to teach one word and uh, spread the word this is Raina G. Thanks for listening.